So I know usually on this show, you know, we're reviewing something and, you know, we're, we're, we're ranking it. We're giving it threes. We're giving it twos. We're giving it whatever we're giving it. But we never get a chance to, like, talk about stuff that we really love. Like, five-star movies are few and far between. So mm, I, Have we done any five-stars on the show? We, I, we, not I'm for sure a while, but we have. I'm Hamilton? Pretty, yeah, we Hamilton gave him a five-star. Yeah. And then I think when we watched the Watchmen TV show. At, at, oh, maybe, I really like I that I show. I don't know if that was straight fives, but I think. Probably we, close we to it. Yeah. yeah, it was close yeah. to it if, it was, if they weren't straight fives. So I thought I would um, give us an opportunity to talk about some of our individual five-star movies. And, you know, these are probably things we've all seen a bunch. But for each one of us, we're going to bring what we consider a five-star movie to the table. And we can talk about it quickly. I'm glad that you recovered those rules because I didn't remember them. I was like, <laughs> meh, I'll just figure it out live. <laughs> All right, so two of us so, brought so, a five-star movie, and one of us <laughs> is going to figure it out while the other two of us are talking. No, no, no. I, I have like three or four choices. I figured I'd let you guys pick. And, and do I have to talk about the movie? Or do I just like blurt out, this is the movie? <laughs> and then we're done. It's going to be a 45-second episode. <laughs> and then preferably what I'd like us to do is we'll go one, two, three, we'll all say it at the, at same, the same time. time. And then that's the yeah. end of the episode. <laughs> and then we'll just talk about Mrs. Columbo the rest of the yeah, time. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. No, you go first. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go first, and I'm going to talk about a movie. Actually, I, I bet you if I gave you both or each three guesses, you could probably guess the movie I'm going to talk about. But I'm not going to make you do that. The Hunt for the Red October. You're right. I am going to talk about The Hunt for the Red October. Uh, a movie that I... Didn't need three guesses, dude. Nice. I just needed one. A movie that I rewatched uh, pretty recently, actually. Um, and I was trying to think, and when I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, like, why do I love this movie so much? Like, what is it about this movie that appeals to me? Um, I, submarines. I, you like most submarine movies. I love, love submarine movies. Love me a submarine. Um, I don't know why, but love a submarine. Yeah. I think it's like the complicated directions they give on how to pilot a submarine. Um, big fan of that. Um I don't know if this is why you like it, but it's got a terrific supporting cast. Just this like movie so in many particular? people in it. Yeah. There, yeah. there are just so many people on it, like even just beyond like the obvious, like Sean Connery or whatever. It's like, and, and Alec Baldwin. It's like, there's so many people in this movie. So many people. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like Tim Curry is like the eighth person in the credits or whatever, but right. it's like awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, just, it, like James Earl Jones is in this movie for some reason. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think we talked recently about how Stellan Skarsgård's in this movie. Right. Right. And, Sam, and Courtney Sam B. Vance in his, in, yep. in, in a great, in a great performance. Um, yeah. Sam Neill, so many good people in this movie. Um, but what I think, I think one of the things I, I like about this movie is like, I'm and like, like you guys, like I'm someone who grew up like, you know, the cold war was a thing when we grew up and like, we could like appreciate um, what that was and how people talked about, you know, at least at the time, what we thought the Soviets were. And this is a movie that is like the Soviets are everything you think they are. Like they are hyper-competent, they are hyper-focused um, and they are just like gearing for war and like coming for you. Um, and like, this is totally a movie that plays into that. Um, and I think it resonates because, like, you know, like we lived through that time and knew what that was like. Um, I think it, I think, uh, like, the cast is a great way it resonates. And the story is incredibly tight. Like, mm -hmm. there is mm -hmm. nothing wasted in this movie. 
Like you think in the beginning, he's just like going to see his friend and they're going to talk. And like, he happens to be working on a DSRV that can go anywhere in the world in 24 hours. And okay, now we're going to have the real conversation. Nope. That comes back later. And like, they use that DSRV and they're going to like do it or whatever. Like everything in this movie is just like, you know, nothing is wasted. Everything, everything gets paid off. Uh, I've only seen this movie once, Paul. Is there like, um, I just remember being very tense, very tense. Yeah. And when you watch it a second, third, fourth time, does that hold up or, or like, how, how does it feel watching it, you know, on repeat many times? It, it holds up in the way that like anything that builds tension really well does in the fact that like you, you know, obviously you don't feel it the same way when you've seen it multiple times, but you absolutely appreciate it. And like, you can kind of like watch it in that kind of, kind of detached way where you're like, this is really tense, even though I don't feel it viscerally like the way I did the first time I saw it. Right. Um, so I think, I, I don't know. I think it totally works. And, and I think that tension holds up on repeat viewings. Um, and, and, and part of it is like the, the way that they do it is, is, is great because, because you're in submarines, you have to be quiet. There's a lot of like quiet moments of people just listening. Um, and, uh, you know, subs are running very close to each other, but they can't really see each other. Um, it just lends itself to tension in, in a really great way. Um, and, and I think the, you know, the other things I wanted to say about it is the, the, the red October looks amazing. One of the things I really appreciated watching this movie, it's like Chrome, the lighting is incredible. Like it just looks like this amazing piece of machinery that I'm sure like nothing like it actually exists in the world, Right, right. <laughs> but, but it looks so cool. Um, and, and, and they filmed a lot of submarine footage for this movie and there's like a lot of miniature shots. They look great. Like the, like Nish, I don't know how fam- I know Willie. You just said you just saw it once. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but like I've seen, I've, I've only I think I've only seen it once all the way through, and I and I've seen you know I've seen it like pieces of it when it's been on TV since then. There's a battle um, at the end where like subs are fighting and like they're like surfacing and like flying at, like out of the water or like singing. Like it just looks really good. Um, and with with one giant clearing exception, there's a shot that's. Um, at the end, that's day for night, and it looks terrible. Um, and it looks absolutely atrocious. But putting that to the side for the moment, yeah, it's a movie that looks amazing. Um, and yeah, just has a great cast, a great story, and it works, man, it works for me so well. Makes me want to see it again, to be honest with you. I would be really, really curious, if, if you guys have only seen it once, I'd be really curious what you guys would think uh, about having having watched it again. Um, yeah. I might I might check it out again too because you know it's nice to watch a movie that you've like you've seen before and you know it's a good movie so it's like and mm-hmm. and an entertaining one too like it's not yeah. a slog by any means or anything like that yeah and and you can appreciate everything from like Sean Connery's super weird half Scottish half Russian half English accent that he does to like you know to everything in between like it's just it's just great all around like it's 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 totally a five star movie. Um, and if I think about like submarine, like it's better than Crimson Tide. It's it's a very different movie than Das Boot, but right. um, yeah, it's I just I don't know. It just fucking works for me. It's a movie, also. I think everybody that's seen it is like that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, I think, I so. think so. Yeah, it's it's a good movie in like it's a good movie, but it's it's the kind of movies that like aren't super great anymore, unless it's like a Marvel movie, which I say is like, it's not really heavy. Like it's a 
there's like jokes and it's a relatively fun, you know, it's, it's a movie that you like, yeah, yeah. You feel good walking out of it. Um, you know, it's like an action drama movie, but it's like of a caliber that I feel like you don't get that much these days. Yeah, I agree. And you used to get these kinds of things a lot. Yeah, they were very, they were very, I mean, you know, and, and they weren't all as good as Hunt for Red October, but I feel like you got a lot of these in like the late eighties into like the mid nineties, like felt like a big heyday of these kinds of movies. Yeah, for sure. Like, right before like real action movies took over like i'm thinking of like pre the first mission impossible yeah. which kind of like tipped the scale on the action drama side like way more into the action side yeah um, and and i would say maybe the second one took it into like in, into like the ridiculous version that like that left all the drama behind yeah exactly and 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 that became its own kind of thing right like after that i think yeah um so yeah, I'd, I'd recommend you watch it. I recommend anybody watch it. Mm. Five star movie for me. Nish, what do you got for us? Uh, mine is Mission Impossible Two. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one Mission Impossible movie. Mine is I had, also like, Hunt for the Red hate. October. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> it's the only five star movie I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> and I only saw it once, and then a few other times on TV. Uh, no, you know, um, we all, as as we just kind of mentioned, Paul loves submarine movies. Um, one of the movies I love a lot is uh, our heist movies. Like heist movies are, you know, one of the ones that I just will always gravitate towards. Even Same. even ones that are just like fine. Like that's fine. Bring it on. Um, what do you think about that magic one with Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> now you see me. It is like yeah. it is like so dumb, right? And makes no sense. And yet I will still watch it if it's on TV because there's Same just a part of me thing. that it's like, yep. It's I've never it's seen like, that. It is dumb fun. It, 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 Paul, yeah. it, you will, you will be so infuriated by it as, as someone, as someone who, after you watch picks apart things where you're just like, I just kept like, I just couldn't get around the fact that like, how would this happen? Or how would they do it? This movie is like the entire movie is like, <laughs> that can never happen. That can never happen. How would that happen? Like that's the entire, Magic. that's the entire Magic. movie. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. It's, so let's talk it, about Ocean's yeah. Eleven. Yeah, um, we're not going to talk about Ocean's oh, Eleven, actually, but, but, but this came out of me thinking about Ocean's Eleven a little bit, um, which is a movie I love. And maybe I could have done this because I would say it's probably a five star movie yeah, for totally me. Is. Um, yeah. But, you know, one of the things we we said um, at some point, maybe we'll do this, ta- have a mini flex or an episode or something where we talk about things we watch on YouTube because we all kind of watch different things on YouTube. But one of the things I watch here and there are like movie reactions from certain reactors because i don't i don't go in for ones where people are just like screaming and being like oh man or whatever but it, it there is a certain pleasure in watching in seeing someone who can talk intelligently about a movie see a movie you love for the first time and like mm-hmm, ex- experience mm-hmm. it through their eyes for the first time and i for whatever reason a few of them they, they all seem to watch the same movies at the same time i, I notice they probably pick up on each other's things sorry i'm, I'm obsessed now with guessing your movie is it yeah, is it going to uh, be Inside Shaw- Man? Right, Shawshank. No, so so but <laughs> Shawshank is not a heist with, movie. With, with, with a heist movie, getting the team together, um, breaking so out of prison. So with Ocean's Eleven, one of the things that all these people would say, and I totally agree, when they went through it, they're just like, "This movie's just so much fun." Like while they're go, like while they're watching it, before even any of the twists come or anything, it's just like this is just a lot of fun to watch. And it's like it is, and it made me think of another movie that I just think is really fun to watch probably the first heist movie i ever saw which is the sting that's oh, the, of course the, yeah the sting is my movie um which is from 1973 paul newman and robert redford just being their Great most movie. fucking charming 
Um, they're so fucking charming, so good looking in this movie. Um, but it's yeah, it's just great from from pretty much from start to finish. It just it moves so effortlessly, uh, effortlessly, and it has such a charm. I feel like it is so well plotted um, as as you go through it. So you know the I'm, I'm not going to do my patented synopsis, but it takes place in the 30s. Um, you know, and it is basically about you know a young con man kind of trying to get revenge he goes to kind of like sort of the ultimate con man um so robert redford's the young guy paul newman's the older guy and they team up to basically get revenge on this like big hot shot you know kind of banker who's also kind of like sort of like a crime lord um the so there's only like other robert involved. shaw movie i've seen <laughs> right and, and that's the other thing i was gonna say it's like as good as those guys are robert shaw is the villain in this and he's terrific he's just terrific mm. In it. So good. He's so good. Um, in it, you've you've seen three Robert Shaw movies, right? I mean, you've seen Jaws, I imagine. Well, what's the other one? What's From Russia with one? Love. I mean, it's not a Robert Shaw movie, but oh Jesus, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I stand yeah. corrected. Yeah. Now, if it was Willie, we'd know he hadn't seen it. We know yeah. you know I've not seen. That's it. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Robert Shaw is terrific in this. It it is you know even even. I probably still think because I just love this movie so much. I probably still think of him as Doyle Lonigan before I think of him as Quint. Um, as crazy as that may sound. Um, oh my god! And and I saw the Taking of Pelham one two three. So that's, oh, that's right. Rubber yeah, show yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Forgot about Taking of Pelham one two three, which we Another all watched movie. for this. Yeah, this guy's this guy's our new Daniel Burl. Yeah, heist, uh, heist movie, kind of from the other side a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I mean, a couple other things I would say about this movie. Um, I think, you know, I wasn't alive in 1973, so I wouldn't know for sure. But I feel like this had to have a big part in bringing like back like Ragtime and Scott Joplin, uh, because that basically the soundtrack for this movie is is the entertainer. Um, it, it's is the theme for this movie, and it's got a lot of Ragtime music going on. And I feel like I remember, at least when we were kids, that kind of being not a big thing like it was on the radio, but like a big thing like you would, I don't know. It was, it, 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 it was around. It, it feels like, it, yeah, exactly. And, and around in maybe a way that it hadn't been in the past, you know, like, and, and I, I thought you were talking about the Billy Joel song. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Like, really? It's a weird choice. Oh wait, no, he's definitely not talking about that. That would be awesome. <laughs> both, that would be awesome. Both. If that was what you're talking about. And if that was the theme song for the sting. Yeah. The theme song for the sting. Like, <laughs> I am the entertainer. It was weird. <laughs> it was a choice. Um, I remember watching this movie when I was very young and not knowing it was a period movie, just thinking it was an old movie. Sure. Um, and that that's what it, you know, it, it just looked like that. There's plenty of stuff like that, right? Like when you're young, like, like it was a while before, like watching reruns of Happy Days. It was a while before I knew that it like that that wasn't actually in the fifties. That it was from like the late seventies and early eighties. Yep. Um, so one other thing I'd say uh, with the Sting is um, the supporting cast. I think are great. Like it's it's a like there are a few people who you know or you've seen. Like Eileen Brennan is in a bunch of things and she's in this. And um, Charles Durning is the uh, you know is the um, sort of the, the cop who's chasing after Robert Redford for like basically the entire movie. Um, but then there are a lot of people who I just know by face or know by name. The guy, the guy who's, uh, what's his name? The, the fucking guy from MacGyver. 
is in is is in this. Um, Which one? I can't remember what his name is. The, the actor's name is Dana Elkar. And oh, I just oh, yeah. The guy who he goes blind. He went blind eventually. Yeah. Um, what was his name? Pete. Yeah. Or is Pete, right? or is Pete his friend? Fuck. <laughs> Where do we cut? Uh, I'm, I'm fucking looking it up. Pete. It is Pete. It yes. is Pete. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Good. <laughs> so yeah, he's in this. Um, and and just everybody does such a good job. Um, in in this movie, just straight through. And it also has one of the best. What one of my very favorite scenes, just from start to finish, which is the um the card game on the train, which it, which is an early ish scene. It's not like the climax or anything. But, you know, there's basically a, a card game scene and card game scenes are great, especially, you know, just attention to them. There's a card game scene with Paul Newman and Robert Shaw and a few other people that is just kind of fantastic the whole way through. Paul Paul Newman is just great in it. So, yeah, I've, I've seen this movie a million times. I I look forward to, like I was thinking about it and it's just like it, it's I don't know if you guys do this with I'm sure you do with have done this with your kids, but it's like just counting down the years a little bit until <laughs> it's like, when are they going to be old enough to like watch this movie and like like it and, and not just be bored by it and like sit and be like, that was cool. So, yeah, I look forward to that. I definitely saw this movie. and I was way too young to know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the very first time I saw this, I'm sure I was, too. Um, but, you know, I saw it enough times, I think. That, Great flick. Yeah. All right, Willie, what do you got? I was going to give you guys a choice, but I've decided that I, I'm not really ready to talk about the other ones in as much depth. So um, uh, Nish and I started talking about this, and I'm unsure if we were talking about a completely pre-show role or if it led into the episode because I just kind of hit the record button the other day. Um, but recently rewatched um, my probably the movie I've seen the most in my entire life. I used to put it on midway through another James Earl Jones movie, and I would just fall asleep to it every single night, right? Oh. You said your finger was a gun. Yeah. I fell asleep during that part like every single time. <laughs> um, feel the dreams. Um, I think this is not a five-star movie for most people, but for me it is, and rewatch it with my kids, and they love the shit out of it as well. Um, the interesting part about this movie, what I'd say is, God damn, if you could find it, I used to have the DVD back in the day. First, I had the VHS, and that fucker just like, remember when you have to do tracking? We, I used to have yep. to really play with the tracking oh, yeah. quite a bit because I played the hell out of this movie. But the other thing that, that, that makes this movie special for me is um, the DVD. When it first came out, I got the DVD, and they had um, it had definitely the best extras of any DVD I ever had. There was like a 45 to – I mean, the movie's only an hour and a half tops, right? You're in and out of there. Um Young Ray Liotta, who does a great job in this movie. Um, but um, there's like a 45-minute or an hour-long documentary on the making of the movie and what they had to go through um, to basically put a baseball field in the middle of this farm. And they they bought the house from the owners. They bought the farm, uh, except for the crop. Like, there was like an, a really crazy time um, of year where like they got a cold front in and the, and the corn just hadn't grown. So they had to find a way to make the, the corn grow like three times faster than it would normally grow to be able to film the movie. Um, so it's a total sidebar. Um, things I really, really like about this movie. Um, this is when Costner is like, dude, he's the most famous actor on the planet when he's going through this. He's got this. He's got Dances with Wolves. Like He is like hot fucking shit when this movie is coming out. And he is, he's him. 
and he's and he's great in this movie um, yeah this is like probably this is like maybe like the beginning of his run right like field of dreams i think is 88 and then i think bull durham's the next year and then like and and then that like gets you right into like dances with wolves like is it what was Hunter. when was the untouchables I have, oh sorry no, you're no. right i forgot about the untouchables untouchables is 87 is the year yeah, before this that's gotta yeah. be the yeah. yeah you're right you're right you're right he was he was bankable man yeah. he was just just bankable back then um underrated in this movie um the the person that pay, plays his wife a- amy madigan you don't see her much we kind of chatted about this the other day mm-hmm. where, where do we see her again recently she played somebody's mom right yeah fuck i looked it up then too and i can't remember <laughs> now oh i remember she she was the she, or she's the mom or the aunt or whatever in in gone baby gone that's what it was that's and then right. you thought yeah. i was talking about some and other then i movie. confused it yeah you, you thought right. i was talking about Maybe? gone girl that's what it was um <laughs> I love um, um, two characters that are like people don't talk about when they think about this movie. Number one, uh, both both versions, it's same character, different actors, which is um, Archie and and Moonlight Graham. And the reason I like Archie straight up is like I can't watch him without thinking about Brad, <laughs> Brett, Brett, Brad, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Look at the big brain on Brett. Check out the big it. brain on Brett. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then inexplicably, somehow they got a very old Burt Lancaster to play Doc Moonlight Graham. And he's just so classy and classic he's, in this movie. He's so fucking good, right? Like he's yeah. he's got those two scenes. He's got like the 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 scene, the late night scene in his office with Kevin Gosner. Such a good yep. scene. And then just the like couple lines right like and you know he's got the you know if i'd only got to be a doctor for five minutes like yeah. that would have been a tragedy like that would have been a tragedy it's like it's such a good line and there's one part in particular after he delivers that line he does a hand gesture that's like an old-timey hand gesture which audio podcast but like he, it's kind of like the the move that um obama would do with a closed fist and he shake his hand like that he's basically he, he he does that and i was like damn like that's like an old-timey like classic move um that conveys so much with just the hand yeah. movement so um look um if you were ever a kid and were into sports and and had a bonding moment with your father playing catch like i i challenge you not to turn into just a pile of fucking soup and tears <laughs> at the end of this movie baseball was an important part of my childhood in particular uh, and in my family and was a real connection with my dad and um you know, the first time I saw it, didn't see it coming. I was a kid and I still just, I still love the way it wraps up. That guy that plays his dad is just, he's great. He's handsome AF. I don't know why he hasn't shown back up. I don't know like what happened to his career, but um, yeah, I just, you know, it is same thing. I, I think the same thing, Paul, with Hunt for Red October, there's definitely some holes in this story, but it's pretty tight and it moves like you, they're, they're distinct, like. There's a distinct like, like acts as if it, it could be a play. There's distinct acts, right? And I, I know each of those acts, and this is the, the movie I could recite almost every line. Hmm. Field of Dreams that's interesting is like, I think it, I'm trying to think of, I'm forgetting one, but it may be the most polarizing baseball movie, maybe even sports movie. Because um, well, yeah. I think it is one of these movies that like people love or they just can't stand. I just really hate it when people are like, well, Bull, Bull Durham was better. I'm like, oh, shut your fucking face. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear about big, wet, sloppy fucking kisses. Like, that is not a baseball fucking movie. Like, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I like the banter on the mound. You know, the the the, the Tim candlesticks yeah, make a nice right, cast. exactly. That's great. Yeah, yeah, like the Tim Robbins, Kevin Costner scenes are good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in your camp when it comes to Field of Dreams. I just it gets me every time. You know, and 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 like you said, I will fully acknowledge to people who are like, ah, it's got these problems and these problems. It's like, sure, it does, but I I don't care. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's my five star. Yeah. You want to guess the other choices? One's a cartoon. A cartoon? Yeah. Uh, they're both cartoons. One's a cartoon. and we'll, we'll, Yeah, yeah. Your, one's your, Disney, one's Pixar. Your cartoon one is Cool World. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that movie. No, my cartoon was, uh, I think it's a, um, uh, I was going to say Coco. I really oh, love Coco. Using Coco. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of different Pixar ones that that they could have picked from. Yeah, I would have said Moana. There there are a lot of potential. Love Moana too, but the um, uh, Zootopia was the was Mm. uh, was actually the first one that came to mind for me, which I think is um, an underrated movie. I I don't think people talk about it a lot, but I think the music in it is outstanding. I like Zootopia, and I really like the story. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't know if other people all would feel this way, but I love the fact that it's like almost like like. The plot like ends up feeling kind of like Chinatown for like half of it, like in a weird yeah. way, where it's like, "Ooh, this is like getting in deep here." Like, yeah, yeah. and pretty I mean, dark you know, too. Yeah, exactly. Which, which I yeah. like. I, I like that a lot. Um, I don't know. And it's got Those the are two movies like, people don't scene, talk about a lot. Gold. They don't talk about Coco and Zootopia, but I just I I love both of those movies. You know what? If we're talking, all right. So if we're talking about underrated cartoons, my kid has recently we 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 recently rewatched all the Cars movies. Hmm. and those movies are good and like surprisingly good and what's what's really interesting about them is especially like the first and the third movie like they are they are movies about like dealing with your past and like accepting like you know what's coming next um in a way that like you know cartoons aren't often about that right um and and Hmm. especially i think i've seen the third one the third one's uh, really good, um, and what's interesting about it is if I they like made the that... third one the most, actually. Yeah, I think I do too. Um, mainly because they... mainly I think the first one is like it, it's it's like too obviously a remake of Doc Hollywood. I think that it's like it's hard for me to get around that a little bit. Whereas the third feels fair. like a little more of like its own story. Fair, totally fair. I think, and I like, and I and I like the twist at the end of of how the last race goes down, and with, without spoiling it. <laughs> and and like I was going to say if they if they made that today, like. You know, it'd be like, oh, they're setting up like a another movie or whatever. And it's like, it's no, it's like just just the end of the story, and, right? Um, and I like that. Yeah. Um, so I think I think I think I was someone who didn't think those movies were super great when they came out, and like watching them now recently, I'm like, ah, you know what? Those I'm like, I'm not saying they're five star movies, but those are good movies. Yeah. What about Cars Two? Even Cars Two, I thought Cars really? Two would be a disaster. <laughs> um, I still kind of think it's a disaster. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, it's it's kind of fun. I I like um. It's I I appreciate them trying something different, and I appreciate them not sticking with something that didn't work so well. I think uh, I think Cars Two like Cars Two is the one that causes the most problems with like the Carsiverse. Like it it makes you ask the most questions about like what is this world like? What is going on? Whereas like oh, the other you ones can't you can think about it too around. hard. No, but but I I feel like you don't have to think about it too hard in Cars One or Three. But like in Cars 2, it's like there's like because Cars 2 like explicitly gets into like 
World War II as part of the history, and it's like, was there a car Hitler? Like, <laughs> like, 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 what happened in World War II in the Cars universe? I always watching these movies. I'm always trying to figure out like what, where, like what part of the the physical car is part of the person because like the because they can like change so much about the car, but it's like still them, and it's like it doesn't seem to hurt them to get like a bumper replaced or different wheels or a different engine. Like none of that hurts them, <laughs> right? And it's like what what is the car? <clears throat> I mean, forget about the fact that like. Why are they cars that people can get in when there's no people? And I, I don't right, know. There's a lot of questions. Right, right, right. There's definitely that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, why do they still do car things? Like, it's like they race, like, exactly like we would race. But it's like, guys, you're ruining the five-starness. Of <laughs> <laughs> True. We could go on about cars for a long time. We really could. We should have a separate mini flicks where we just talk about what's the deal with cars. <laughs> don't even get me started on planes. Oh my goodness.